This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. We have a very special guest today. I am so happy to have Katie Rank-Lev join us. Hi, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. Katie is a freelance writer who lives in Pittsburgh with her three feral sons, her husband, and an aquatic turtle. She also performed an essay about the challenges of finding a babysitter for her three sons in the 2017 production of Listen to Your Mother. But why we have Katie on today is because she reached out to us and left us a message that I was so intrigued about. And I'll read you the message and then we'll just dive in here. She says, hello, I just had to write in and tell you all how meaningful your podcast is for me. I have all sisters and 12 female cousins. I never spent time with boys until I had three. Your podcast is both validating and practical for me. Today, my oldest son asked if he could dismantle the dresser he broke before we hauled it out to the trash. I paused and then said yes. All of my sons spent several peaceful hours dismantling the broken dresser, categorizing the metal bits they pulled out, splintering the paperboard into evenly sized stakes to hunt vampires. It was the most imaginative and wonderful morning we've had in weeks. Thank you for teaching me. It's okay to say yes to that. I loved hearing this, Katie. This this is why Jen and I do what we do, I think. Well, I had just listened to the episode about Sam and his snowmobile license <laughs> or something. Um, and you talk so much about the shed that the boys go escape into with the yeah. top there. And I don't, you know, we live in the city. We don't have a shed. But my kids, usually if they're quiet, it's because they're dismantling the toilet or flushing something they shouldn't be. So to, to watch them cooperatively take this dresser apart, I don't know, it was just this really magical morning. How old are your boys right now, Katie? I have a nine, a six, and a four-year-old. You know, one of the things that struck me immediately when I saw your email, you know, as a female, this whole question of, hey, can I take apart the broken dresser before we throw it away? That never would have entered my mind as a child, as an adult. And so for me, as a mom of boys, those are the kinds of things too, where I'm like, I did not see myself dealing with this question. <laughs> it, it was absolutely. And, and after he was all done taking it apart, he gladly and without any reminder took it out to the trash himself too. Like, uh, oh my gosh, it was just the most wonderful thing. I didn't have to yell at him. I didn't, you know, I, instead of 
angrily kicking them out of the way while we were taking the broken furniture outside. It was just this great positive experience and all three of them were involved, which is also getting increasingly rare as their age and developmental differences are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything that they do together cooperatively is like, the fact that it went on for several hours, as you said, I'm sure you were just like, really? They're still doing this? They're working together? Yeah. They were so interested pulling the nails out. I mean, I just would never have thought that that was something that would thrill them the way it did. And I wasn't angry that the dresser was broken. We had dumpster dived for the, for the dresser to start with, um, you know, and it was time for it to go. So which is smart furniture shopping for a parent of small boys. That's right. That's the replacement right. dresser came from this like college dorm refurbishing <laughs> event. So sweet. You know, this reminds me as you're talking about this and how they carefully pulled pieces apart and taking out the nails. It reminds me of, and I'm, I don't know what they're exactly called, but it's kind of these free range playgrounds where yes. there's, you know, old pieces of wood and there are hammers and nails and kids just, parents are not allowed in. Kids go and they create with raw materials. And isn't this what our kids are just craving to be able yeah. to do? I would love that. We, um, you know, I live in the city of Pittsburgh and we have a small park up the street from us. And I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, there had been this big lightning storm and several hundred-year-old oaks fell down. And um, <clears throat> it just became this magical place that all the neighborhood kids were not playing on the playground equipment. They were climbing in these felled trees and then the city mulched them and there was mulch mountain that the boys were digging in and jumping in, and just would come home dirty and filthy. It was so great. <laughs> The, and the benefit of saying yes, yeah. right? You know, in in today's culture, this whole idea that um, I'm going to maybe hand my children some hammers and what else did they use to dismantle this dresser? I'm curious. I think my son was coming in and out of his dad's toolbox. I know they had a screwdriver. Um, we have a tool that we just call the bear claw that we had used to rip carpet nails out of yep. the hardwood. Um, they had the bear claw up there. You know, Perfect. so many people are sort of afraid or leery to hand over real tools to little boys. And yeah, we don't want them to hurt themselves, but this is kind of a controlled environment, gives them a chance to do it. I mean, they're taking apart something that's already broken, right? Yeah. I, and I wasn't worried that they were going to hurt themselves. Um, they were all, they had this really calm energy, so I didn't think they would hurt themselves with the tools or the nails. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also, the kids are at a public Montessori school and they, they use hammers and nails. Awesome. Which, when my oldest was three and hammering nails into a pumpkin, at first I was, I was a little leery of that, but it's something I've gotten used to now. They use knives and, you know, actual sharp things there. Well, and it's so important to teach our boys and our girls how to handle real tools, how to use a sharp knife how to age appropriately, but I'm going to guess the age that many people think it's okay to use a sharp knife is older than actually when you teach a child to use a tool properly, to use a broom and a dust 
pan. Sure, it's going to take us a little time to teach the proper use and the care also of the tools. You put the tools back in the toolbox and they have their place. When we do that, we are also helping them feel capable and responsible. And it's building that self-esteem and that confidence that we want our kids to have. But we can't just hand that to them on a silver platter. They have to find it and discover it themselves. This is where I think it's so important that boys get those opportunities when they're the age of your kids, Katie. You know, if, if they don't get to do these kinds of things when they're young, then they become teenagers who don't feel like they can do anything. And they often, you know, they seem unmotivated, apathetic, not interested in anything because they didn't get those foundational experiences and they didn't get to test their physical skills and exercise their creativity. To me, that's one of the things I love the most about your story too, Katie. When this dismantling started, I'm sure that you did not know, and the boys probably didn't either, that it was going to turn into uh, vampire steaks. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I, the, the things that I have found myself saying yes to since starting listening to your podcast have really changed. And they all are these kind of physical hands on things. Um, The boys lately have been sledding down the stairs in, various containers that they find around the house. <laughs> Mine um, have done that. <laughs> and I, I uh, and then I, I just let them do it and they stop when they get rug burn and it's been great. And even yesterday at the playground, <clears throat> they were wrestling around with each other and with friends. And there were, I could tell there were some parents at the playground who wanted to intervene, but they were all smiling and just, pounding on each other and releasing this really physical energy that they needed to get out after their day of school. And we had a great evening. Homework went smoothly. They agreed to eat their dinner. It was really great. And I, I'm always telling people about your show when they have one or four boys because ah, just the way that you talk about raising sons has been, I don't know, you really speak to me about it. Oh, made me cry. I know, me too. Katie, tell me about kind of your thoughts and your journey as a boy mom. You mentioned you had all sisters, you had female cousins. All right, so you get one boy. This happens. You got two boys. You got three boys. Yeah. Talk about your process of, um, you know, learning about boys. Well, my older sister has two boys, um, but she lives in Phoenix, so we don't really see them all that often. And when I had my oldest son is Miles, I just had no idea what was happening. Um, and I, I had sent you to a link. We we later found out that my son Miles is on the autism spectrum and he has ADHD like his dad. So I am really grateful that I got my firecracker boy first because I, I have some friends who got like a really calm kid and thought they were really good at being a mom. And then they had, <laughs> then they had a firecracker. And I just always felt like my son was doing so many different things from people around me who had daughters or just, I didn't remember anything from childhood wanting to be naked all the time or be 
fascinated with the inner workings of the ball return at the bowling alley. Just the things that my sons are interested in even are really foreign to me. I've learned to really let go of a lot of things I thought were important, like pants. pants. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody here is ever wearing pants. I got to tell you a story, Katie. I'm married again after a divorce and my current husband was friends with some uh, other friends of mine even before we got married. And when he first got to know this family, it was because his son was friends with their son. And so he goes over to pick his son up from a play date and the doorbell rings and the door opens and there are no adults in sight at this point, but there are two young boys running around chasing each other naked. And um, eventually, you know, my friend Sue comes to the door and she's like, oh yeah, it's naked night here. Yeah. two boys and that was just kind of you know how it went and we used to have that same thing too around bath time I mean everybody was running around naked for a while I, I mean I wasn't because I get cold too easy but yeah <laughs> yeah we we do a lot of running we're once we had our third son we moved to a bigger house and it was really important to me to find a house that had kind of several doorways so they could run in a loop between nice. That's room. my house. Exactly. And yeah, there's they ride so running. And in the winter, I let them ride their scooters around the loop. Like I just have let go of caring about scooters as an outside toy. Um, oh Lord, me too. Yeah, I mean, that, I let go of balls are for outside. Let go of that. Let go of the scooters are for outside. I ended up pushing aside the dining room table. Like instead of having a nice dining room where the table sort of centered and you know, it's yeah. visual feeling, it was just pushed way up against the wall to clear the path so that they had um, free reign to get up at the basketball, Nerf basketball hoop they put up there. That's smart. We have, I don't know if you can see, we have this jungle gym apparatus in the other room. It's called the Jungle Jumperoo. It's my favorite possession because they just, they wake up in the morning, they start to jump, they climb the poles, they jump off of the poles. You're awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a really different kind of house than I always thought I would live in. I don't know. I don't have, I don't have fancy decorations. I don't bother to paint. Um. <laughs> I still have yet to repaint my living room after I think it was my second son, but I could be wrong on that. You know, drew with, it was pencil, but for some reason it really stayed on the walls. I mean, it doesn't pay yeah. at this point no. in my life. And I have made a very conscious decision that I would rather worry about my kids and what they need to be healthy and happy than what my house looks like. And trust me, if you come to my house, you can tell that's the choice that I have made. Yeah, same. My younger sister doesn't have kids yet. And sometimes she'll come and she'll say, is that that ketchup on your curtains? And I'm just like, yeah. Probably better ketchup than blood, Katie, right? There's probably blood somewhere too. You know that, Janet. You know, I think this is just so important to hear you being so willing to relax the expectations that, you know, going into motherhood you may have had. And I hope that it is encouragement for all of our listeners to take a pause and look around and think about what really matters. 
it doesn't matter if there's ketchup on your curtains. No. It matters that you are giving your boys an opportunity to move their bodies before they have to go out to their school day, if, if that's where they're headed. And just relaxing and opening up your view of what's okay. It's okay to run naked through your house. It really is. Absolutely. And that... That letting go is a long process that I'm still working on. You know, now that I've said yes to the dresser, I kind of think like, oh, what am I going to say next to yet? Or say yes to the next time they ask. Um, say yes to the dresser. That almost sounds like a TV show, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh, we can do our own show, you guys. We can start our own show. And Katie, I, I have to tell you, I live in the city also, and next door to me is a kind of, it's not really an abandoned house, but people like to park things on the curb there because mm -hmm. sometimes other people come and pick them up. But now there is a big wooden desk out there that has been there since probably December. And since you wrote this, I think about you every time I drive in my driveway because that desk is sitting out there and I wish I had your kids to come over and just pound it apart and put it oh, in the trash. They would love I used to hate it, and all right, part of me still does. My kids will drag home stuff from other people's garage sales. <laughs> I have four boys, you guys. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. I don't yeah. need you bringing home other people's stuff. And, oh gosh, this was a number of years ago. And Sam, the youngest one, brought home this uh, probably three foot by two foot by something like this metal cabinet thing. And I'm like, what? are you going to do with this? Like, we don't have space for this. I don't want this in my house. I don't want this in my garage. Why do you have this? Here's what has happened to it over the years. It kind of lived in the backyard for the longest time. And he uses it to get his anger out. Oh. He will kick it around, throw it around. We have a sledgehammer. That's a tool that your guys are going to like as they get a little older and stronger. And I have seen him out there with a sledgehammer just pounding this thing. <laughs> Well, okay, that works. That yep. sounds like a great idea. <laughs> the other thing they dragged home that I'm like, you guys, it was a uh, office chair, like, you know, the computer chair, mm -hmm. the on the mm -hmm. wheel, the spinny thing, yeah. but it was kind of broken. And why did you guys do this? Now I got to figure out how to get rid of this. Well, if you tie it to the back of a bicycle, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with that. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin and I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve and I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no, and they taste good and they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. 
To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com, forward slash envoys. They did that for a while. They did things about pushing each other on the driveway. I mean, they just used it in all these ways that I never would have thought of. And it was good fun for them. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. So Katie, I want to highlight that you're also a writer, as is Jen. And you were kind enough to send us some links to some of your articles, which we'll include in the show notes. And you had an article in Brainchild. And I love that magazine. It, it just made me laugh because <laughs> it's all about the comments that you get when you're out in public with your three boys. title of it is great. Comments from strangers upon seeing my three sons out in public. (laughs) This week. Yeah, this week. (laughs) Yeah. Just in one week. Yes. An annotated list. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Do tell what we're, I mean, as in all boy mom, you get lots of comments. What have been some of your favorites? Well, I would probably update that list now because a lot of them have stopped wearing jackets. So we hear a (laughs) lot of comments about they'll catch their death of cold. Always, always, always you've got your hands full, but then nobody offering to to help empty my hands because sometimes they're literally full of the children's belongings as my boys streak on ahead of me. I think one of my favorites from your article was, you remind me of a little Russian lady counting up all her monkeys in a cartoon. Yeah, I don't know what what the person was trying to convey with that comment. It was in the crowded hallway at school, and I had agreed that day to drop another mom's kid off. So I was literally counting like one, two, three, four, every couple of steps. I would have to count the boys just to make sure nobody was missing. And she kind of grabbed my arm and pulled me aside to tell me that. And I, I don't know what she... I'm like, what are you trying to accomplish with this yeah. comment? I don't know what her goal was. Uh, <laughs> uh, the worst, most memorable, and most offensive comment that I ever got from a stranger when I was out in public with my four boys, I was um, in the produce section of the grocery store and a completely random male stranger asked me, what's wrong with your husband's sperm? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you even go from there? Right? Like, I did not have, it's been years, and I still don't have a, a good snappy response to that. And it, those comments always kind of bothered me, too, because, of course, they make them in earshot of my yeah. children. Yeah. Who are perfectly wonderful. Yes, they're all boys. And that's fine. I still, it's starting to slow a little bit, but I still get asked if we're going to try again for a girl. Um, yep. Three is enough kids for me. Um, by the time I was pregnant with the third, I was hoping he was a boy because I, at that point, only knew how to parent wild unruly boys i felt the same way when i was pregnant with number four and um partly as the result of getting so many stupid comments and are you trying for a girl honestly even though my husband and i knew that he was a boy we didn't tell anybody until he was born because Mm. with boy number three already we had experienced so many people 
that would like almost give us a sad face and a, oh I'm so sorry because we were having another boy yeah and I, no be happy for us and if you if you have a problem with it keep it to yourself don't let us know about it mm-hmm. so we figured we'd wait until there was an actual cute adorable child and maybe they'd be a little more enthusiastic and it seemed to work no oh, good yeah I think they're so it's interesting that people feel like it's okay to comment on yeah. that and yeah. also I do want to call ask you about something that comes up often when I'm with moms of boys, which is often, and this is the judgment that they feel from moms of girls. And I've even had a mom, she came to one of my talks and she was the mom of a girl, but she came to my talk and, and uh, then a couple years later she came back and she was then a mom of a boy Mm. and she, it was like she needed to come and apologize (laughs) and, and say that she, now she had a whole different perspective as mom of boy. And she was so sorry that she didn't take it all in before. How is that for you, Katie? I, I feel so lucky because my oldest son ended up in first grade with three other boys whose families had all boys. And I just feel like those moms are my lifeblood and my sanity. If we hang out together, people stop and ask, are you in the baseball team? (laughs) Um, But I just feel like I always have those moms who have all these sons that I can, I, I don't even need to explain myself to them. Like in this wrestle pile from the school playground the other day, But there's definitely these moms of peaceful girls walking into school in the morning where everyone's wearing clothing and agreeing to walk. And it's me and my friend like hauling one kid under an arm, yelling at another kid to put his shoes on, you know, and it's, it's, it's just different. And I, I really rely on these other moms of boys to, and, and your podcast, it's just so validating. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, in that um, article that we talked about, comments from strangers, yeah. you highlighted the helpful ones too, which unfortunately, at least in my experience, are more rare. Janet's heard me use the, the phrase, you know, extend each other grace and show grace. And oh my gosh, if we could all just do more of that as parents and humans. So instead of shooting the mom who's dragging the kid into school, dagger looks because my kid is coming in nicely, you know, something like, can I help you? Or the one woman at the end of your article said, I am straight up in awe because she saw what you were doing. She saw it. She recognized it. And she validated it. We are all doing the best we can just to get through each moment in front of us. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a little while since I wrote that piece. And the negative comments don't stick with me as much as that last woman who had the praise hands for me. She's That's the one that I remember. <laughs> and that's how validating it is. Yeah. One person said one thing. And it still resonates with you. You can still cling to that in, in those moments where you're like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. I, my kids are 33 and 30, and I still remember being in the grocery store with my little one and my infant, and she's crying, 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 and the woman behind me asking if she could hold my baby while I did the checkout. And 
I just wanted to dissolve into a puddle of tears in that moment. And I still remember that kindness. And so I hope that maybe our listeners will look around and see where they can reach out a hand. And yeah, we're pretty much moms of boys here. And I love that you have this community of other moms of boys. And I encourage all of our listeners to really look around and see who can I support and who can support me? Because mm -hmm. we've got to do this together. We cannot go it alone on this trail. Absolutely cannot. Okay. You guys just gave me the opening. I totally had an experience like that last night, Janet. You don't even know this story yet. But um, this it takes a community, especially as your boys get older and they spend more time with other people and less time under your direct supervision those relationships that you forge with other parents become ever more important because I, I can't be with my son all the time. I got a message last night from another parent of a, a friend and classmate of my youngest son. And let's just say that my son used a lot of inappropriate language, not a little bit, a lot of inappropriate language while talking to his friend on the phone and what I think my son did not realize at the time was that he was on speakerphone and his friend was in the car with his mom. Oh my gosh. Now, oh, the upside yeah. of that is, is that I have known this other family for a number of years. They have been in school together for many years. They've played sports together. And this mom is a boy mom and she has an older son also. So she knows, like, she is not one of those people who's going to be like, oh, my God, your son is horrible and terrible. She knows it could be her son on any given day as well. Yeah. But she sent me this text message because she's like, I was shocked, and I thought you would want to know. I know I would want to know if it was my son. And I know that because we've established this relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we need one another. And because she shared that with me, I was able to have um, a very important discussion with my son last night. It turns out, shocker, y'all, turns out seventh grade boys are uh. not exactly fluent at how to handle friendship difficulties. Hmm. And so, you know, they're doing it the best way they possibly can, which is not all that great yet. They're trying. So yeah, my son had to write a, uh, an apology note last night and we shall see how things go today. Mm -hmm. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Before we let you go, Katie, I want to talk really briefly, at least about your article and essay, When Babies Cries or Cries for Help. You mentioned a while ago that your oldest son was kind of a, a difficult to handle baby and you couldn't figure out what was wrong. And as time went on, it turned out that it was more than you hadn't had a baby before. And it was more than it's a boy baby. It turns out that your son um, is on the autism spectrum and has ADHD. And this essay is so powerful and such a um, testimony to the power of instinct and how we as parents have to pay attention to our instincts. and. We talk a lot here about, yeah, this is normal, this is normal, this is normal. But if your parental instincts are saying, this is not normal, keep going. Yeah, thank you. I, um, so I, I write in the essay that Miles 
cried all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean, he cried all the time um, as, as a newborn and people would just say, Oh, he has colic or why don't you just X, Y, Z. And there was no just anything after enough people tell you it's just colic, you know, and you've never had a kid who behaved this way before or any kid at all. It's, you really start to believe, well, it, it must be something that I'm doing or not doing. And it wasn't until I had my second son who is, you know, a, so far a neurotypical pleasant person. Um, it wasn't until we had him that we realized like, oh, wow, there is just something really different about Miles. And that's when we, we, we still even then had to push to get the referral to, to see the psychologist who would diagnose Miles. But it was obvious to that guy right away. So, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure, I think you wrote about it in the essay. At that point, it kind of felt like a relief. Oh my gosh. I never in my life, not before or since, felt more relieved than when he said the word autism, that doctor, because it was, you know, I keep using this word validate, but it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't me. You know, it was, there was actually something amiss. I was right the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we, he had some great therapists when he was really little. We had occupational therapists and behavioral therapists and all these helpers. And when he was a baby, the only thing that would calm him was when we would march up and down the stairs holding him. And then as he started occupational therapy, it was all about these big body movements that really spoke to his need for proprioceptive stimulation is what they the technical term it. yeah but the therapist you know explained to me like he needs this rocking he needs the jolting and it turned out the marching up and down the stairs was meeting that need he had even as a baby and he the only way he had to tell us about it then was crying mm. as soon as he was old enough he would march himself around and hurl himself off of the couch because that's what feels good for him what would you tell other parents uh, who may have an infant, or preschooler, even a teenager where they're like, this just doesn't, doesn't seem right. I don't know what to do. What would you tell those parents? I mean, I would say, listen to your kid and listen to your, listen to yourself. I don't even know if colic is a real thing, but it, it just, you, you know, if there's something wrong with your baby, I don't want to use the word wrong necessarily, but you know, if something is off, if something just isn't right. And if you're a first time mom, it's going to take some work to get professionals to listen to you mm -hmm. um, because they're just going to assume that you just don't know what babies are like, but you know. Yeah. And trust that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's again, where community comes in that we mm -hmm. can help each other and support each other in that. Katie, I have loved being in your living room this morning. Thank you so much for sharing a snapshot of your life with us and uh, sharing some of your stories. I look forward to reading more of your articles about life with three boys. And uh, we will do all our connecting in the show notes. But if people want to reach out to you, is there a place they can do that? 
Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a website, katieranklove.com. And so that's Katie with a Y. Katie, best of luck to you and your family. I can tell that you are raising some great boys and that life is very interesting at your house. Oh, thank you. It definitely is. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men. We produce this podcast, but we also speak and write and offer family coaching and online programs to help parents and others better understand the needs of boys. If you are looking for a speaker or you would like to bring us to your school, company, or community, you can contact us at onboyspodcast.com. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.